Welcome to the Friendship Paradox, a podcast about friendship, personalities, and everything in between. I'm Stephanie. I'm an INFJ, Enneagram 9, and words of affirmation kind of girl. And I'm Brianna. I'm an ESFJ, Enneagram 2, and acts of service kind of girl. And somehow we're best friends. Well, we are not our psychologists or scientists or even remotely pretending to be. We're just two women who love personalities and want to talk about them. And one of us just likes to talk a lot. That's me. I like to talk. Truth. What's up? How's life? Oh, life. It's good. You know, I got back from my trip like a little bit ago and it was amazing. We went to Niagara Falls. My first time being there and I highly recommend going. I think everyone needs to go. It is a seven wonder of the world, right? Is it? Isn't it a wonder of the world? I have no idea. Let's see if we can't quickly look this up while we're continuing to say hello because now I'm super curious. Yeah. Well, Niagara Falls is a city in New York State. And it's also a city in Ontario, Canada. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got that going. Well, let me tell you, it was worth the visit. It was fun. There's a lot to do there. There's like a winery every five minutes and I had a blast. And I want to say to everyone who was telling me not to visit the American side of the falls, you are a liar because the American side is wonderful. So visit both sides is what I'm saying. I wasn't familiar at all with any of this before you went on your trip, like that there were like two sides and that there were like arguments over which side was even better. Yeah, everyone was like, don't go to the American side. The American side is not good. You can't see anything. And I do agree that, like, the Canadian side is so much more pretty. So much prettier. But the American side is still worth a visit, in my opinion, if you can make it there. Because they have a lot of fun stuff to do over there. And you still get to, like, see the falls. So... And they are pretty powerful. Like, they're a big deal. Mm-hmm. But I am able to confirm that they are not one of the new seven wonders of the world. In case you're curious, it's the Great Wall of China, Chichen Itza, El Castillo, Petra. Petra? Like, in the city, there's something there. Machu Picchu, Christ the Redeemer, the Colosseum, and the Taj Mahal. Well, I have I been would, to zero. I've been to zero. And like, if you had quizzed me on what the seven wonders of the world were, I don't think I would have named any of those. <clears throat> <clears throat> I probably wouldn't name the Great Wall of China, but I will say Maybe this. Got, there's the seven new wonders of the world and there's the seven wonders of the ancient world oh maybe that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking like the pyramids and stuff like that and the pyramids of giza fall in the ancient world category listen to that listen guys we're here to teach you things that you might not have known so now you know what the seven new wonders of the world are 
Congratulations. And that I could not name any of them. Congratulations. So, you're welcome. You are welcome. You're welcome. Anyway, that's my life update. I went to Niagara Falls. I loved it. It was so much fun. And I think everyone should visit, honestly, because there is something for like any person, like any kind of traveler. Like if you are like, I want to go hiking kind of traveler, there are tons of hiking trails. There are a ton of wineries. There's just a fun ton of like little fun things to do. If you're just like, I just want to like walk around and see cool things. So that sounds like a beautiful vacation. It was wonderful. Well, by the time this episode comes out, my life update will be public knowledge. Currently it is not, but it will be soon, so I'm going to share it on here. Do it, do it. I got a new job. Yes, you did. I sure did, and I'm very excited about it. By the time this comes out, I'll probably have started it or will about to start it. Oh, girl, you, I I think you will have been in it for a little bit of time. That's good. (laughs) time what is it we don't know when this is coming out but i'm just gonna guess she will have started it and maybe even be like a month in who knows who knows (laughs) but i'm very excited it's with a company that i have worked with as their client for the last five years so i know the team i'm gonna work with and i'm so excited and i'll probably have to travel a little bit more which is never a bad thing. I love to travel. So that's my really exciting life update. I am so excited for you. I cannot wait for you to start this new adventure and hopefully have a better work-life balance. That's the end goal. That's like the number one priority. Yes. It is. It is. Only because that means I get more Brie time. And it means I get more Stephanie time. Yes. And that's just, it's mostly selfish on my part. (laughs) we gotta look out for ourselves no one else will exactly well that's exciting and now let's dive into our episode today we're talking about the zodiac the zodiac are you gonna read me my horoscope today your horoscope is new things are coming your way Horoscopes sound terribly like fortune cookies, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Well, you will find out how skeptical I am about the Zodiac and horoscopes in general and all of that when we get into this. But let's just say this is like the other personality types. I've been like so gung ho and like, I love this. This is great. This teaches you all about yourself. And like the Zodiac, I'm like, this is kind of bullshit. <laughs> but... I don't want to like rain on anyone's parade. So if you love the Zodiac and you really feel like you're like your sign, I think that's great. I think it's just that I don't feel like I am my sign at all. That I'm just like, is this really true? So. So I will say this. I never super strongly identified with my Zodiac, but, but, and this is a big but, when I was doing the research for our next episode, I found that my zodiac is connected to my hogwarts house is connected to my myers-briggs type is connected to my enneagram type oh wow i am consistent they are that's crazy consistent so i'm not as skeptical as there's also you know the zodiac gets its start before science 
Yeah. So like there's, I like to think of time as like before science and after science. (laughs) This is like a before science. There's a lot of roots with like Greek mythology and Roman mythology and finding patterns and stars. Yeah. There's a lot of it rooted in that. And it was a lot of storytelling to explain why life on earth is the way it is. So from the historical context, I love it and I find it fascinating. Do I think it's missing studies and evidence (laughs) sure but it's not totally inaccurate for me yeah and like i know for some people it like really matches up i was doing this while i was like doing my research next to somebody who's like sign i was like i was like doing the research for her sign and I was just like, oh, my God, this explains her completely. And I was like, you identify with your sign, don't you? And she was like, yeah. So I'm like, for some people, it really works. For me, it's just so you'll find out when I talk about it. But we can move on from that. <laughs> OK, so let's get into it. So we're going to kick off with what is the Zodiac? Tell me more. I mean, not to insult our listeners, but you may be living under a rock if you've never heard of what the Zodiac is. But let me back up. Let's let's go to the beginning. So from an astronomical perspective, as in the study of our universe. So, yep, I'm starting with science. We know the sun does not move. We know the sun is like the center of our universe. Yes. There's a lot of science that backs that up. <laughs> but... Way back when, and currently now, our vantage point from Earth, it looks like the sun moves. So we use that movement to determine and depend on sunrise, sunset, and we record time based on the sun's location in the sky, right? Like high noons, sun's high in the sky. So there's there's science to that, right? And there's historical usage of sun's movement, So the sun is really important to the zodiac because the position that the sun was in at the exact moment of your birth is known as your sun sign. This can also be referred to as your star sign or your birth sign. So your sun sign represents what is your core personality. So like your sense of self, your basic preferences, your romantic compatibility, and the ways in which you interact with the world. But then we also have rising signs, we have moon signs, but this is a really superficial overview Mm -hmm. that is like our theme of season one. Superficial, superficial everything. So I'm not going to do a full birth chart class, especially because I'm not an expert, but there are people who are experts in that and who study it and who are really into it. So you should seek one of those people out if you are interested in this because I I don't know enough. (laughs) Anyway, so the Zodiac is organized into subgroups. They are the 12 star signs, and they're grouped by elements, kind of like the Enneagram is grouped, Mm -hmm. and subdivided by their center. So the elements are earth, wind, fire, and water. And we're going to get into what those elements are right now. Let's do it. So there are four elements that make up the Zodiac. I'll cover the first two, and then I'll pass it over to Steph to cover the second two. So we'll start with Earth. This is Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. So I fall in this category. (laughs) Earth signs are known for being grounded. Structure is a big deal to them. They are referred to as the builders of the universe. 
So complementing their desire for structure, earth signs tend to be practical, they tend to be methodical in how they approach basically everything in life. And they tend to have a lot of perseverance and their hardworking nature kind of allows them to tackle long-term goals. That is earth signs. So think grounded, structure. Grounded and structure. Then we move on to wind signs. Kind of the exact opposite. Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius fall into the wind or air sign category. These folks are curious and adaptable. They're able to be spontaneous. So literal opposite of structured, right? They have a zest for life and they tend to be really comfortable with expanding their horizons rather than being rooted down. Makes them kind of more intellectual in nature as well. They're really social, they're free-spirited, they really like variety, and as a result of that, they can seem a little bit detached mm-hmm. from practical ideas and things like that. Cool. All right. Fire is the next element, and this comprises signs Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. It's probably not surprising that signs in this element are intense, bold, passionate, aggressive, impulsive, and easily reactive. Fire, you know. (laughs) But there's a way to channel all of this intense, bold, passionate energy for good, to lean on your creative, confident energy rather than your explosive, aggressive energy. So that's what fire is. So then we have the last element of the zodiac, which is water. This comprises signs Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. Think of water signs as those that flow with the energy around them, just like water does. Water signs are highly intuitive, sensitive, and imaginative people. They can also be moody, get their feelings hurt easily, and be highly suspicious depending on what's happening around them. And that's water. Yes, water. (laughs) Sounds like water. Yes. The water I'm drinking is also highly suspicious and moody of me. (laughs) Yes. I mean, always. Okay. So now we're going to get into the 12 star signs. Yes. I believe I am slated to do the first half and then you're taking over the rest. That's right. Okay. So let's kick it off with the first first sign in the zodiac i guess and that's aries their birthdays fall between march 21st and april 19th so producer sean oh that's our producer also Bree's husband yes <laughs> producer sean husband sean is an aries this is a fire sign mm-hmm. the fire the aries zodiac sign is represented as a ram also identified as the egyptian god amon in Greek mythology as the ram with the golden fleece. Mm-hmm. So again, we're coming to that storytelling, yeah. explaining the things that you could see from Earth. Mm-hmm. So the typical personality traits of an Aries. They are the first of the zodiac signs, and they like to be number one. Mm-hmm. When Stephanie was describing fire signs, that is exactly what an Aries is. They're bold. They're competitive. They're fiery. They're passionate specifically about the things that they care about and their confidence tends to be very exuberant their strengths are that they're very ambitious they're never really afraid to dive in headfirst into a problem and they're really enthusiastic adventurous and so bold really is like a 
perfect description. That's what comes to mind. On the flip side, there are some weaknesses. That fiery nature can lead them to be more hot-tempered, impulsive, maybe even aggressive. And because they're very competitive, that can come across as being very combative, especially when paired with that anger-prone like nature. So they like to be number one. They're competitive and they're bold. So that's Aries. Then we move on to Taurus. This is April 20th to May 20th. This is an earth sign. So these are the these are the grounded people. Taurus is represented as a bull in relation to the Greek myth of Zeus, who turned into a bull to abduct Europa. I know nothing about that story, but that is where that falls. Could not tell you. <laughs> me neither so they're typical personality traits so the bull representation to me was really misleading that almost makes me think of an aries because i think of like bull in a china closet mm-hmm. like they're you know aggressive and whatever so that's like what i picture aries to be but actually tauruses are really chill grounded earth sign yeah. they value stability and security and they tend to be really serene so they're they're chilled out they're known for their loyalty they're very determined and they're very sensual and i don't mean like sexual sensual (laughs) i mean they explore the world using their senses Mm. they're very passionate they enjoy being out in nature they're drawn to beautiful things they like nice smells nice places tasty foods lap of luxury if you will you're most likely to find a taurus in an outdoor nature spot. Their strengths are that. They are ambitious, focused, resilient. And while they like nicer things, they're not so spoiled that they don't understand the value of hard work. They're chill, but they like that structure and they work hard and whatever. In terms of their weaknesses, they can be a bit stubborn and they will be very stubborn in order to prove a point. They're also really resistant to change because they prefer consistency and stability. Again, like they value security. All right. Next, Gemini. I know a lot of Gemini. These people are born between May 21st and June 20th. They're an air sign. I call these people like my wild crazy kids. (laughs) That's a really great way to like visualize a Gemini. Gemini is represented as twins. In Egyptian astrology, it's by a pair of goats. In Arabian astrology, it's by a pair of peacocks. And then in Greco-Roman mythology, it's one of several famous duos. One is Castor and Paula. Another is the younger and older version of Horus. And then a third is Romulus and Remus. Okay. Lots of stories involving yes. dynamic duos. Here. Typical personality traits of Gemini's. They are curious. And these are the people who seem to go a million miles a minute. Mm. (laughs) They're driven by a really intense desire to learn and experience the world. And they tend to have a lot of hobbies, passions, interests, and friend groups. Their strengths are that they're very quick-witted. They're excitable, inquisitive, and intellectual, spontaneous, literally i'm describing my exact opposite they're very playful and they tend to be really good communicators that goes along with the fact that they have a lot of friend groups interesting their weaknesses are 
really short attention spans. The duality of how their minds work make them kind of come off as two-faced because they're really intellectual and logical, but then they're also really emotional. So very yin and yang. I see why it's always represented as a pair of twins. There's like two sides to them. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Almost done. Next, Mm -hmm. we have Cancer. This is June 21st to July 22nd. They are a water sign. And there's a lot of different representations. Cancer can be represented as a crab, a lobster, or a crayfish. And related to the Greek mythology story of the crab that pinched Heracles or Hercules, depending on who you are and which name you prefer. Like their animal representation, cancers tend to have a hard exterior shell that's kind of tough to crack. I don't know if you've ever tried to eat a crab. It is a painfully difficult experience. Is the fruit is the fruit worth the sque- is the juice worth the squeeze? What's the phrase I'm looking for? I have no idea. Okay. Well, I like crab meat dipped in butter, and I like crab cake, so yes, I'm going to work hard to crack a crab shell. Anyway, hard exterior shell that's really tough to crack, and this is because they value protecting themselves emotionally and their energy. On the flip side, once you get through that hard exterior, they absolutely pour their hearts into what they believe in and they're very nurturing and they value family greatly they're known as being really great hosts and they're known as being homebodies Hmm. yeah super sweet their strengths are that they're highly intuitive and they pick up on energies around them so you can think of them as being like pretty empathetic they're also known for being very caregiving and maternal and they're very loyal committed and have a lot of emotional depth Their weaknesses are that they can get really moody and temperamental. Again, they're kind of emotional. And this is especially so if they feel unsafe or if they have not had enough time to recharge their batteries. You know, my mom is a cancer and like this describes her to a T so well. So well. (laughs) Like, and it's so worth it. It's so worth it to become close to a cancer. Yes, totally. Okay, now we're moving on to another fire sign. My cousin is a Leo. And oh my God, (laughs) are they a Leo? So Leos are born July 23rd to August 22nd. And they're a fire sign that is represented as a lion, Leo lion. Mm -hmm. I know we're all surprised there. Commonly linked to Greek mythology as the Nemean lion slain by Hercules. Or Heracles, again, depends on... For talking Greek or Roman. Their typical personality traits. Leos are the embodiment of the phrase, live life to the fullest. <laughs> they have no problem asserting themselves and standing out in a crowd. And their birthday is more like a birth month. Mm-hmm. They love to celebrate, especially when it's themselves. They're very free-spirited free vivacious and their natural leaders some of their strengths include being very creative enthusiastic they're also loyal and romantic known for being generous and they're also very ambitious and determined their weaknesses 
They can be seen as prideful or arrogant and perhaps a little bit dramatic, (laughs) egotistical, and they can get very jealous. We're going to wrap up with my sign. Your sign. My sign. Virgo. Born August 23rd to September 22nd. This is an earth sign. Grounded, structure-oriented people. Hello. (laughs) Okay, so Virgo is represented as the virgin. So a young maiden carrying a sheaf of wheat. She's variously identified sometimes as a fertility goddess and or the harvest maiden. Again, depending on if you're looking at Roman or Greek. So their typical personality traits are that they are natural born organizers. They value loyalty, productivity, and consistency. So they really thrive on hard work and structure. So if you want a task done, you give it to a Virgo. And you're about to laugh because I'm describing myself. (laughs) You are. (laughs) Okay, so this obsession with goals and structure and predictability is what makes them a little bit of a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They also really love to help people they care about and they're excellent problem solvers. Their strengths are that they're practical, hardworking, logical, analytical, and systematic, as well as kind, grounded, trustworthy, and detail-oriented. These also describe their weaknesses because those things can make them seem controlling, inflexible, and highly resistant to change. And I am all those things. Brie, I'm sorry. It (laughs) describes you so well. The weaknesses, I don't say you have no weaknesses. (laughs) But, yeah. I know. this is you. I know. I really do identify so so strongly yeah all right now it's my turn all right so we finished off with virgo and now we're going on to libra libras are born between september 23rd and october 22nd they are an air sign and i'm gonna just start by saying i did not look up the greek mythology and the greco-roman stuff So you're not getting that from me. Sorry. You can look that up on your own, what the storytelling is behind that, but I did super. So just letting you know that. So this is an air sign and it's represented by the only inanimate object on the Zodiac, which is just scales, like justice scales, not like fish scales, scales. I never thought of that because every other sign is represented by like a humanoid. Yeah. Or like an, animal. an animal. Yeah. But they're not. Libras are their own. They, they march to the beats of their own drum. But we'll find out if that's true. Libras strive to create harmony and equilibrium in all areas of your life. So that makes sense with the scales. They also highly value art, beauty, and culture. So a Libra is likely the person who has a beautifully decorated home with lots of eclectic art pieces, stuff like that. And one of the ways that Libras like to maintain equilibrium in their lives is with through partnership. They may seem like the type of people who can't be alone, but this is just their way of creating harmony and order in their lives. And when they're in a relationship, they will do whatever they can to maintain that equilibrium, which can be a negative quality because then they become a people pleaser. 
and just trying to do everything they can to keep that relationship and keep that equilibrium. Libra's strengths include being cooperative, gracious, and fair-minded. They love being around people and find social situations enjoyable and easy to handle. Not me. (laughs) Libra's weaknesses include their people-pleasing tendencies, their indecisive nature, and the way they can be non-confrontational and carry a judge. Carry a grudge. I put carry a judge, but I meant carry a grudge. Leave it in. <laughs> You're going to keep that one in. Okay, deal. <laughs> I just like that I made a mistakey and I just read it like it was fine. It's like the teleprompter mistakes yeah. that newscasters read and then exactly. they're super embarrassed by after. Yeah, yeah. This is so that. I'm just going to roll with it. Next, we have Scorpio. Scorpios are born between October 23rd and November 21st. They are a water sign and represent it by a, say it with me, scorpion. scorpion. <laughs> no surprise there. Scorpios are passionate people who will fight for the causes that are dear to them with relentless ambition and sometimes without paying attention to the consequences. Like a scorpion itself, Scorpios are known to lie and wait until it's time to strike to get what they want. So they can play the long game and remain mysterious about their ambitions until it's time to go out and get it. They know what they want and aren't afraid to wait and be patient to get it. Scorpios need romantic partners who are intelligent, practical, and honest. Intimacy, physical, emotional, and spiritual, all those together are very important to them. The strengths of a Scorpio is that they are ambitious, passionate, resourceful, loyal, And like I said before, willing to wait for the things they really want. Their weaknesses include being power hungry, controlling, jealous, and manipulative. Not so great. Now we come to my sign. And I'm going to read this, Brie, and you let me know how well this describes you or not well. Okay, (laughs) deal. Sagittarius is, this is going to be really hard to do in like plural, Sagittarius, Sagittarii. I have no idea. Sagittarius. A Sagittarius. Can, can someone who actually knows what this is tell us yeah. what multiple Sagittarius are? <laughs> yeah, please. Sagittarii. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> are born between November 22nd and December 21st. It is a fire sign and represented by a centaur holding a bow and arrow. A Sagittarius has a dynamic blend of passion, curiosity, intensity, and adaptability. They have an unrelenting quest for knowledge and will do whatever is necessary to seek out new experiences. In essence, a Sagittarius is born to explore and deeply desires freedom and change. They are the wanderlusts of our society, people who love traveling the world and seeking out thrill-chasing adventures. They don't take anything too seriously and can sometimes have a blunt honesty that rubs people the wrong way. For romantic relationships, a Sagittarius wants an open-minded partner, and yes, I mean that kind of open-minded, who is fun, carefree, and wants to explore new things constantly. Their strengths are that they are effortlessly magnetic and can light up any room they are in. They are also funny, idealistic, charming, optimistic, generous, and welcoming. Their weaknesses include being impatient, needing constant change, 
and as such they can have trouble committing to partners and being a little too blunt at times so it doesn't really describe you you love traveling but i wouldn't say you need constant change like that's not your motivation for travel you feel things with intensity you feel things with intensity but you're not an intense person does that make sense yes i think that's like the key there is like there are some things of this that do describe me very well because i do like to like i like seeking out new experiences but not in like a way of like i need a new job every year and i need to like go explore places but i do like new experience like trying new things and like hey like starting a podcast let's just try this out so there are some things that do describe me but like overall i just don't feel like i connect to the sagittarius personality i would say overall it does not describe you well it does not kind of more like a taurus like your mom my mom's a cancer I mean a cancer. But we're going to get to one that describes me a little bit better. And then I will explain why later. (gasps) There's more? Oh my god! So next we have Capricorn. Capricorns are born between December 22nd and January 19th. They are an earth sign represented by a sea goat, which has the body of a goat and the tail of a fish. As you do. I don't know why you're looking at me like that is weird. Haven't you seen a sea goat before? <laughs> the only mythical creatures I can think of where there are blends between two things are mostly Harry Potter creatures. Like, so super <laughs> fantasy. Yeah. And I know, like, again, in Greek mythology, there are, like, centaurs. Yeah. I yeah. feel like, is that Greek or Roman or something? I have no idea. All I know is I've seen those guys before, and that's like half human, half horse. But I have to say, I have never heard of a sea goat. The sea goat. (laughs) I know. But there it is. Capricorns. A Capricorn is ambitious, resilient, and determined to navigate whatever stands in their way. They're strongly independent in both their personal and professional lives and relationships They can be deeply reserved. It is hard to win the love of a Capricorn, but those that do will get a partner who is fully committed to them and their relationship. A Capricorn's strength is that they are responsible, disciplined, self-controlled, and good managers. They also don't get bogged down in the details when it comes to big picture goals. So that kind of goes along with like, they're great, like as leaders. Their weaknesses include being unforgiving, being a know-it-all, being a condescending cutthroat, and being a little bit unfeeling. So also, it kind of goes along with being like a leader can kind of be all of those things if they're not careful. And sometimes they have difficulty relating to people with different perspectives. So that's the Capricorn. I looked it up. I looked up the sea goat. Did you? Turns out... There is a Greek goatfish sea god. Oh, it's the Greeks. The Greeks. The Greeks. (laughs) Okay. All right. Next, we have Aquarius. 
An Aquarius is born between January 20th and February 18th. They're, this is an air sign and it's represented by a water bearer or sometimes just two squiggly lines. Like it just depends. Who knows? Sometimes more than two. I was, when I was looking up the sign, I was just like, this could be basically anything. It just decides what it wants to be, which makes sense because the Aquarius is considered the eclectics of the Zodiac. So they just decided we're going to decide which kind of what we're going to be represented by based on how we feel that day. Their sign is ruled by the planet Uranus. Is it Uranus or is it Uranus? Do we ever decide that? Us personally? We like, go with what we want. As society, I always, I feel like it's considered Uranus now, but like when I see it, I just want to say Uranus and then I want to giggle like I'm a eight-year-old boy. Bree's looking it up. Sure am. Let's see if we can. How do you, how do you play it? Let's see. Uranus. 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 So I, it's still that. Okay. That is the American pronunciation. Oh. Let's see what the British pronunciation is. Uranus. Yep, oh, still Uranus. that. Uranus. Okay. Yeah. So maybe I dream that we changed the pronunciation. Anyway, their sign is ruled by Uranus, which is known for insights, revelations, and revolutions. One of their biggest strengths is being able to reflect on the past while figuring out how to move forward into the future. So they are deep thinkers. They love to fight for idealistic causes. And intellectual stimulation is a core value in all of their relationships, romantic, friendship, parental, all that. In romantic relationships, Aquariuses are looking for a best friend. They want someone they can be fully themselves with and share their lives with. However, they will also need their alone time and their partner needs to be able to understand that. The strengths of an Aquarius are being creative, a humanitarian, innovative, optimistic, and peaceful. Their weaknesses include being aloof, uncompromising, and temperamental. They also don't like to be too emotional. Or the better way to say that is that they need to build a rapport with someone before they are comfortable being vulnerable and emotional with them. So that's the Aquarius. And then the last one we have, the last zodiac sign we will be talking about, right? Yes. <laughs> I was like, wait, I hope that's right. The last sign we'll be talking about are Pisces. Pisces are born between February 19th and March 20th. It is a water sign represented by two fish swimming in opposite directions. Pisces are endlessly empathetic and understanding relating to others and themselves, firstly through emotions and energy. They are always envisioning, searching, and wondering what's beyond the material world. And they have a strong intuition that they are apt to listen to. Their motto could be, live and let live, bro. <laughs> because that's how they operate in their day-to-day -day life and with the people around them. In relationships, Pisces prefer emotional, mystical connections and love experimenting when it comes to relationships. And that means what you think it means. 
Pisces may be happier in polyamory relationships than monogamous ones. A Pisces strength includes being compassionate, intuitive, gentle, and wise. Most Pisces are highly creative and love to express their talents in myriad ways. The weaknesses include being gullible, people pleasers, and overly trusting. They can also lead with like a victim or martyr tendency, and they often do what they can to escape reality when life becomes too much for them. So those are all of the zodiac signs. You may have found one that you identify more than your sun sign, but who knows? But now I'm going to talk a little bit of criticisms of the zodiac. And I had fun with this one. (laughs) I bet you did. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the most common criticisms of the zodiac is the fact that these personality types are not based in any actual science. In fact, there have been zero scientific studies that prove astrology is real and can predict our personalities, our futures, our love lives, etc. Myself, as I've been very honest here, I've never paid much attention to the Zodiac, and that's because I do not relate to my sign at all. And I just find it very hard to believe in a personality framework that doesn't take a person-specific likes, dislikes, wants, needs into account. It's simply about the day they were born. And everyone born on this day is this personality. Because that's not how it works. Like, <laughs> if you've ever known twins, what? they often have like... Nature versus nurture? <gasps> Maybe. Like, people often have different personalities. But that said, I get it that many, many people like find the Zodiac to per- perfectly describe who they are, i.e. Brie, <laughs> and they take a lot of comfort in their sign. And that's why I will say about the Zodiac, like I say about Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram and all of these personality frameworks, if it works for you and it brings you peace and fulfillment and growth, that's great and I'm glad and I'm just more skeptical skeptical about astrology than I am about other personally personality frameworks and that's just because astrology feels more like a game of chance than like taking a test and finding your type based on like criteria but I know a lot of people love astrology I know a lot of people love learning looking up their horoscopes I think that's awesome. (laughs) Oh, Tessie disagrees. She interrupted you. I know. I'm just more skeptical about astrology than I am about other personality frameworks. Mostly because it feels like it's a game of chance with astrology and with other personality frameworks. You're taking in specific criteria and taking tests to figure out what your type is. But we all need to choose the personality frameworks that helps us understand ourselves the most. And if that's the Zodiac for you, then go forth and look up your horoscope. And that is what I will say about that. Excellent argument. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Thank you. I believe the word for it is a pseudoscience. Ooh, pseudoscience. I learned this word. 
because on my recent trip to visit my dad in North Carolina, we often in the evenings find ourselves vegetating on the couch, flipping Mm -hmm. through Netflix and Hulu, trying to figure out something to watch. And we landed on a TV show called The Unexplained, hosted by William Shatner. And each episode kind of deals with unexplained phenomena. Haunted homes and places. Oh, yes. So, like, do you believe in the paranormal? So, like, studying paranormal activities is considered pseudoscience. Like, using radioactive frequencies, Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. So, a lot of episodes are kind of... Thing, things like that, pseudosciences. And I another example of a pseudoscience is numerology. So people oh, finding yeah, meanings yeah. in different patterns or the repetition of numbers or like different numbers adding up together to make something else. So numerology, and it has ology, so like the study of or the science mm-hmm. of, but it's considered a pseudoscience. And I don't know what like that, def- that defining factor is, yeah. but I think astrology... Falls in that category. Yeah, exactly. And that has an ology, too. Yeah. So. It's an ology. People study it. Like, there are, pe- there are experts. There are experts in this. And mm-hmm. maybe over time, as studies happen, it will become more of a science and less of a pseudoscience. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Who knows? And for what it's worth, I do think that the universe, in some capacity, has an effect on us, right? Yeah. If... The position of the moon and its gravitational pull can affect the tides. I'm certain that there's some <laughs> some effect on human and animal and living form behavior as well. So who knows? We just don't know yet. That's true. That's, That's my counter argument. It's very not strong. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> Beautiful. Good work. That was a lot of research. Yes. Because we are not experts in the Zodiac. That's right. Not experts. At all. Aren't any of this. Nope. So let's go into our next segment, which is tips. Do you have a tip? Do I have a tip? If you don't, that's fine. Because I, I do have a tip. Okay. I do have a tip. If you have a friend who is very into their zodiac sign, it's very in right now. You can absolutely go buy them a Christmas gift today. <laughs> Every boutique I have walked into in the last month has zodiac stickers, has zodiac necklaces, has zodiac temporary tattoos, has zodiac accessory bags. Mm-hmm. The zodiac Very be young. everywhere, baby. You know what's not? Myers Briggs and Enneagram. So annoying. But zodiac, you can find that everywhere, mm-hmm. including in like major chains. Like you walk into a Francesca's, you're gonna see some zodiac jewelry. <laughs> So my tip to you is if your friends love it and they really identify with it, it's a nice personalized gift. Yeah. And it's everywhere right now. Yeah. So go go get you some. That's a great tip. Thank you. My tip is for those of us who might be a little skeptical about the Zodiac and don't really identify with your sign is to find out what your rising and moon signs are which Brie kind of went into that during the history of it. Because I never thought about figuring out my moon and my rising sign until I went to a tarot card reader, which Brie and I did that together a few years ago. 
Because he was like, you're a Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. You're not. You don't seem like a Sagittarius. I was like, I know. So he encouraged me to look into my rising and my moon signs. Thankfully, I know the time of day I was born. And I just put it into like any old like internet thing. I just Googled like find my rising and moon sign and came up with something. And I really identify more with those signs than I do my sun sign. So I am an Aquarius rising, which I really identify with the Aquarius, and a Pisces moon. They really describe me a lot better than my sun sign does. So I recommend trying to do that. And like, maybe instead of looking at your sun sign, like every time you see one of those memes on Instagram with all of the different with all of the different zodiac signs and like looking at your star sign and being like or looking at your sun sign and being like that doesn't describe me at all then you can look at your moon and your rising sign and see if they describe you better and then you can feel a little bit of connection with all the other people who are like oh my god I'm such a Leo so that's my tip beautiful and that's like an actually good tip your tip was wonderful. You better stop talking about my best friend that way. Okay. <laughs> You're right. I will. <laughs> All right. Do you have an obsession? I do. Tell us more. Okay. So we finished our rewatch of Community. Okay. And we were on the hunt for a new TV show to do a binge watch. I have... I'm like late to this game. There is a new season out of it now. I think the new season is is season three of it already. Only Murders in the Building. Yes. It is a Hulu original produced and starring in it would be Steve Martin. Mm -hmm. Martin Short. Yes. And the queen, Selena Gomez. It's so good. I have been laughing my ass off because the whole premise of <laughs> the tv show is based on people who become obsessed with a true crime podcast yeah and the true crime podcast that it mimics is serial and that was one of the first things stephanie and i actually bonded over yeah. when i first started working professionally and i was like her her cubicle neighbor and so it's just so funny. It is yes, such... because Tina Fey is being is like the Sarah Koenig. Of, yes, and she's wonderful. Yeah, I think it's season two that just came out. It's so good, and yeah, I need to watch season two. But like season one was so good. I just love Steve Martin and Martin Short together in anything. They're legends. Yeah, and They're then like just comedy add Selena Gomez to it, just like randomly, and I'm just like, this is everything I need. I wonder if, like, the friendship that the characters have in the TV show is kind of the friendship that they developed in real life because all three of them are producing it. Yeah. It's their show. Yeah. They're, like, kind of friends. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. I'm so super into it right now. And I'm at the part where we just found out who done it. Oh, yeah. So I'm, like, very invested. And that's my current obsession. Yeah. You obsessed over anything right now? Yes, I want to talk about sort of a weird obsession, but I don't. I'm obsessed with the earplugs 
I bought for my trip. Like earplugs for nighttime. My mom and I are snorers. We both snore. It's just a thing. And on our last trip, I could not sleep because of her snoring. She kept me up with her snoring. So I talk, I was talking to a friend about it during our last, after our last trip. And she recommended get some earplugs. Cause she has a husband that snores and she was like, I have to have earplugs. So I was like, okay, I will, I will get earplugs. They're like $20 on Amazon noise canceling earplugs. I will link them in the show notes for you so you can get them yourself. They come in multiple sizes. They are perfect. Like I put in my ears, I can hear nothing. Like I could hear like maybe muffled snoring, but it was like still so muffled that like I could sleep and they were freaking amazing. Now I want to caveat that and say that my mom and I slept in separate beds during this trip. So I don't know if they're going to have the same effect if you're sleeping in the same bed with your snoring partner, but I would say give them a try if you're like, I cannot sleep also they're super super comfortable like I never felt like they were too much to like sleep in and I move around a lot and they never like popped out or anything so I highly recommend these earplugs if you have a snoring partner it's a teeny tiny miracle worker yes I believe the earplugs they come in different like decibel blocking levels so there might be a version meant for when you're sleeping right next yeah, to someone. Maybe. Yeah. I that like saved my life on our trip because like on our last trip I was like, I just wanna sleep. So and I kept telling my mom, I was like, you need to get earplugs in case you can't sleep because of me. And she didn't. And then there was sometimes she was awake and I was like, Can't do anything about that. Get yourself some earplugs. So that's all I have to say. Beautiful. Well, that's our episode on the Zodiac. We will be back next week for our season finale. We're going to have so much fun. (laughs) Yes, we are going to dive into Hogwarts houses. And let me tell you, I had a blast researching that one. So stay tuned next week. In the meantime, it would mean the world to us if you could drop a rating on Apple Podcasts. Because that's the best way for people to find out about our show. And we want to be, you know, parodied on a Hulu original show someday in the future. You know, like Sarah Koenig. Maybe not. That would actually kind of break my heart. I wonder who would play us. I'm going to think about that. Okay. And don't forget to subscribe in your podcast player of choice. So you can get all of our latest episodes, including our next one. And just tell a friend about us. You can also follow us on Instagram. Yes, May. What are we on Instagram? At the Friendship Paradox. At yes. the Friendship Pod. Nope. At the Friendship Paradox. At the Friendship Paradox. You got it right the first time. I should learn that. Find us on Instagram at the Friendship Paradox. Perfect. Beautiful. Well, thanks so much. I'm Brianna. I'm Stephanie. And thank you for listening to the Friendship Paradox. Bye. Bye.